Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Good morning, Calvary. So good to see you. Happy New Year. It's crazy. It's 2022. I don't know about you, but 21, I felt like we just started and it's over with. I blank and it was over with. And then maybe it's because I'm getting old and those things go by quick, quicker now when you're older. But I like the start of a new year. It's fun for me to start a new year. It's a fresh start. And some people start the new year, they like to set new year resolutions. How many of you here today have set any new year's resolutions? Raise your hand. Some of you are like, yes. Some of you are like, I am not telling you any of my new year's resolutions. I'm not, you're not going to hold me to it. I, I recently read an article about set New Year's resolutions. It said 41% of Americans will make at least one New Year's resolution. And so I, as I read more in that article, here's a few funny resolutions that I came across that people put, uh, and I thought they were a little strange as well. The first one I came across, it says the New Year's resolution was get lost, to get lost without any help from Siri. So their New Year's resolution was to get lost without using Siri. We're so dependent on that Siri. And then the other one, it's kind of like, man, there's something else going on here. A person put a New Year's resolution was for them to stop their kids from eating dirt. So <laughs> that sounds like there's some, some more problems going on there. And then, and then another one I found, that this one is very interesting. Their New Year's resolution was always leave one potato chip in the back. So it's all right to eat the whole bag except for that one potato chip. And so like, ah, I see how you're trying to stay stay healthy. Just you're not eating the whole bag. Of those who make a New Year's resolution, after one week, 75% are still successful at keeping it. After two weeks, the number drops to 71%. After a month, the number drops to 64%. So that's not bad. After six months... 46% of people who make a resolution are still successful at keeping it. And then by the end of the year, only 9% feel like they were successful in keeping their New Year's resolution. And you probably won't be surprised what the number one New Year's resolution is. Does anybody know? Lose weight. Yeah, everybody wants to improve their health. People want to exercise more. They want to change their diet. And I personally like to sit down every year, make a list of goals for myself. You can call those resolutions, but I like it to call it my goals for the year. It's a good time for me to, to make that fresh start, that clean slate. I look at personal goals for myself as well as goals for my relationship with the Lord, goals for my different ministries I lead, goals for my marriage. I take time to write them down sometimes with steps to even how to meet those goals because I like to cross them off when I hit them. And I take these goals and I share them with my wife, Marn, and with some of my friends. And today I want to share one of my goals with my church. So the one goal that I have, I have many goals, I should say, but one of the goals I have 
My son, Zach, and I have a goal of getting healthy for 2022. So we're, this, we're gonna be on this goal. Hey, we wanna get healthy for ourselves, healthy for our families. And But many of you guys know when I set out to do anything, there's gotta be some competition with it. I can't just do it and just say, hey, we're gonna just lose some weight. We're gonna do a diet. We're gonna be good. No, I gotta add a competition layer into that. So Zach and I have added that competition layer into it. But we also knew, like, hey, by June, we want to be a certain weight. We want to be a certain health. So we need something to kind of even push us even more to get to that, that June sure. date. And so Zach and I, we decided that we are going to, uh, we've already did it. We signed up for a Tough Mudder. Uh, that's going to take place in June. Uh, the Tough Mudder that we're running is, a, is, if you don't know what it is, it's a 5K course. But along this course, uh, it's a, there's 13 obstacles. And those obstacles are, in, you know, you're diving down in the mud, you know. And it's nothing like diving in the mud and coming out of the mud. And then you're climbing things, you know. You got walls you got to. There's even one part of the obstacle that I'm actually looking forward to. They actually, you get electric a little electric shock to you, you know? So I don't know. I'm just crazy. I'm just like that. Like, man, get a little, let me get charged up, you know? So I want that. And so I'm telling you this. So if you see Zach and I in the atrium with a donut in our hands, you have permission, church, to come and take that donut, smack it out of our hands if you want to. Be extreme about it. You have my permission. If you know my son, Zach, go ahead and tackle him if you want to. Do that. But I'm telling you this because that's our goal for 2022. And I feel like this, though, the last couple years, we keep getting stuck in the year. The year starts. We tell ourselves this is going to be a better year than last year. And maybe we start off with a fresh perspective and we go strong for a month or two, maybe even six. But something happens along the way and we find ourselves in the same old rut. And we start looking and saying, hey, man, next year's going to be better. I can't wait to next year. This year, man. And this year, I feel like God is saying, it's time. It's a new year. It's time for a new you. A new year, a new you. And the word I feel like God is saying, it's time to be bold. This is the year to be bold. What does it mean to be bold? What does it mean to have boldness? Being bold is being strong and courageous, stepping out of our comfort zone in faith and taking action in areas of life that seem unknown, uncomfortable, or, un or risky. Boldness comes from a relationship we have with Christ, which results in strength, purpose, and courage. God wants you to be bold. Sometimes people want to be bold, but they say, man, it's too hard to be bold. Some people are naturally outspoken or outgoing. Some of us have tried to be bold, but we're just, we're just too shy. So how can you be bold? And in order for us to be bold, I think we got to understand our hope, the hope that we have. First Peter chapter one, verse, verse one, chapter, I'm sorry, first Peter, verse one, verse three. Here we go. So I got to get my words all out there. Sorry about that. It's a new year. I got so much to say to you. Praise to be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Since we have a hope 
Since we, since we have this such, this great hope, we can make bold moves. As people of God, we can make bold moves. This is how we need to live our life. We need to live our life making these bold moves. And when it comes to living on our life, a lot of us, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to take all these little books. We're reading books and saying, okay, how can I figure out life hacks? We're trying to figure out the best practices or tips. And maybe you're trying to figure out how to balance everything. How do I balance my schedule? How do I balance my work life? How do I balance my church life with all the things I love to do? How do I balance? How do I balance? Here's my answer to that. You don't. Balance is a myth. In my eyes, I have come to believe that balance in the concept of living a balanced life is a simply excuse for not allowing God to do the thing, not allowing us to allow God to do the things in our life. We say, hey, I gotta have balance but then we're not allowing God to do those things that he wants to do. Let me explain this more to you. We can see in Matthew chapter four, verses 18 through 19, it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw the two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. See, these these guys, they're out fishing. They're casting their nets, pulling in the harvest. They were working the family business. Jesus found them doing their job, the job that they inherited from their father. They were working this business. But when we read this scripture, we don't see things like this. We don't see when Jesus didn't say to them, hey, guys, can we talk? about how can we incorporate some balanced time for discipleship? I don't want to mess up the family business. He didn't say, hey, guys, can I get on your schedule sometime in the next couple weeks? And can we talk about the kingdom I'm trying to build? You don't see Jesus saying that. Jesus said, come and follow me. And what did they do? And they left their nets at once. They dropped what they were doing. They walked away from their family business. They walked away from everything they knew. That was extreme. That was a bold behavior. And that's what God has really called all of us to do. We're called to a bold living. And when you decide and begin to make bold moves in your life, you will start to experience even greater level of God's blessing in your life. Have you ever noticed when you read about people in history books who changed the world, you don't read about them having a balanced life, do you? You read about their boldness, the bold move they took. We're not celebrating athletes who took a balanced approach to their sport. You're not gonna read a biography about a person who lived a balanced life and clocked out after 40 hours and kept things in balance. This last month in December here, Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors he broke a record. If you don't know who Steph Curry is, again, he's an NBA player, and he's a phenomenal shooter in the game of basketball. And his skill, his skill is three-point shots. And on December 15th, he broke the NBA record for the most three-point shots ever made. He broke the record when he hit 2,974 three-point shots 
over his career. The guy has made over almost 3,000 three-point shots. And no one in basketball history has shot the three-point more beautiful than him. He has this skill to come down the court, not even close to the three-point line, and he'll just pop it up. And you're like, there's no way it's going in. And it goes in. Steph Curry breaks this record. He didn't take a balanced approach to this part of his game. He was bold with his training, bold with his shooting attempts. People who will change the world are people who live with boldness, people who are all in. That's who changes the world. If you're going to help build the kingdom, build the kingdom of God, we have to be bold. This is the greatest mission we can have. And when I read the Bible, I don't see God admiring anyone for a balanced living. When, what Jesus celebrated was great faith. To truly experience a new life, we have to experience a bold life. And please understand this as well. Boldness is not an excuse for foolishness. We got we to gotta make sure we hit that. Boldness is not an excuse for foolishness. So don't leave here today and go take your savings account, drain it all out, and go buy mega millions lottery tickets. That's being foolish. That's not being bold. We can be bold and we can be wise. And living a bold life isn't about being weird or crazy. Let me say that again, because we got to make sure we understand it. Living a bold life doesn't mean you got to be weird. Doesn't mean you got to be crazy. The key is this, we have to be bold in the right things in the right order. Be bold in the right things in the right order. If you're not bold about the right things in the right order, you can be, a, you can be 100% all in and passionate about everything you do. So when I say about being bold, it's not about balance. It's about focusing with boldness on a few important things. And in my heart, I believe this is a few of the important things that we need to be bold about in 2022, a few things that we need to focus on. And the first one is this, be bold in your faith. Being bold starts with a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. This should be your number one passion. Your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in your life. Boldness and courage doesn't come from ourselves. We need to fuel our boldness with Jesus. We have to be, if we want to be bold, we have to fuel it with Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit, time in Jesus' word, prayer gives us strength, guidance, and wisdom. Do you remember the Ten Commandments? Jesus, just let's focus on this first one. The first commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 through 3, says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of slavery. You should have no other gods before me. God made our world, and he created each one of us. There are times uh, often we forget and make other people or other things more important than God. We are to fear and love and trust God above all things. God needs to be number one in your life. You're number one. The things that, that's the thing that concerns you the most. Over the years, I've challenged uh, our, my house to, hey, always to make Jesus the number one thing. Make Jesus the center of everything you do. 
So whatever it's in sports, whatever it's in your school, whatever, make Jesus that number one in that, the center of that. Make Jesus number one. Because once you take him out of the center of number one, it all falls apart. God's biggest desire is for us to be in a relationship with him. Anything else that comes before Jesus on, on your priority list will become the thing that doesn't allow you to experience new life. If you put other things before Jesus, you're not going to experience new life. It'll be the thing that doesn't allow you to experience God's blessing. It'll become the thing that ultimately robs you of joy. It could even be the thing that robs you of eternal life. If Jesus comes first in everything we do, we should serve him with a bold faith. Until we get that straight, nothing else matters in life until we get that straight. Jesus comes first. So how do I get this bold faith? It's simple. It's simple. It starts with your prayers. It starts with bold prayers. Once in a while, I come across people that come up to me and say, hey, I, you know, can you help me out? I just, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. And, you know, and, and then they said it's actually just a little intimidating. I just don't, I don't, I, how do you just pray when you're not seeing somebody? And I walk them through this. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is communication between you and God. It's a two-way relationship in which you should not only talk to God, but you should also take time to listen as well. God created everyone to be in a relationship with him. And he loves to hear from each one of us as, as, as often as possible. And I feel like sometimes we get stuck. We, you know, some of us, we get stuck. We say, hey, I have this prayer time from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray at that time. Then I'm going to head off. I'm going to go to work. Then I'm going to come home and do the things I got to do. Then I'm going to head to bed. And then I'm going to pray the, ne the next 20, 30 minutes at this time. And we put God in this little box and we get stuck in it. And it's cool. We should have those scheduled times of prayer. But when I think... We, we, what we got to do here is this. We got to remember this. I can talk to God all day. All day I should be talking to God. When I'm walking into the grocery store and I got somebody around, I'm talking to God. Who cares if people hear you talking to yourself? You say, I'm talking to God. Talk to God all day. It's important to understand if we're going to make bold moves, we have to, make, we have, to have bold prayers. Micah chapter 7, verse 7 says, But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Before being on staff, before being a pastor, I was a welder, and I worked in a lot of different areas for welding and construction zones, and we'd be putting up beams and all this stuff. So it was just a loud atmosphere. And, uh, you know, so you would always have to wear your earplugs. And if you were working with a group of guys that were welding with you, they had their earplugs in and they, and they had their helmets on. And so trying to communicate to them, trying to get to hear you was very hard, you know. And so what you, we would do to get them to hear us is that you would take a hammer. And so whatever they were working on and welding at the time, you would come up behind them and smack it on that metal. And, you know, they would jump and they lift up their hood and they'd be like, hey, what do you need, man? I'm here for you. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that I don't have to take smack a hammer on a piece of metal for God to hear my voice. I'm so thankful that God hears 
everything I'm saying, from the littlest thing to the greatest thing. I'm so thankful God is always there. The Lord hears every single one of our prayers from the smallest to the biggest. He's never distracted. His ear is always there for you. We can pray boldly because our prayers make a difference. James 5, chapter, James chapter 5, verse 16. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer is the most effective way believers can make a difference in their families, their marriage, church, work, and the neighborhood. It makes a difference when we pray and witness. We can pray boldly because we are made righteous through Christ. Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Because of Jesus, we can pray without being hindered by sin. His righteousness clears the path directly to the Father in heaven. We are challenged to pray for the impossible through Jesus Christ. We can pray boldly because our requests are in line with God's will. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Again, circle that. He hears us. And if you, we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Church, we got to come to God and pray to God and be bold in our prayers. I feel sometimes we get stuck in our little prayers like this. Hey, God, I'm here today. I'm not feeling so well, but if you can help me out, it's all right. No, I think we need to go to the Lord and say, hey, God, I'm diagnosed with this, but you can heal this. God, you're a God of healing, so take this and use me to be your kingdom for your life, for your kingdom. We got to pray bold praise. prayers. We got to do it. Just what we just did before the service started. Be bold. He wants us to pray with boldness and courage, not because we have it all together, because he holds it all together with us in mind. And I feel like some people feel like bold prayers are behind a glass. They're behind this glass, and when something happens, they got to go break that glass, hit that red button, and say, oh, God, I need you right now. I need you. Don't wait until your life is on, on the line to get your first experience praying bold prayers. Don't wait until your life is on the line to pray those bold prayers. Be bold in your prayers. Number two is this, be bold in your family. God gave you your family, and whether you like it or not, you're in it. Just to be honest. To be bold in your family, you should understand there's a priority. Order. You should be passionate about this order in your family, too. So being bold in your family starts with this. Being bold in your family starts with your marriage. If you're married, your spouse is your number one priority in your family. All you married folks, pay close attention to this. Your number one priority is not your kids. If your kids are first in your family, you're going to see things that start to fall apart. It seems like anymore, people are willing to throw away their marriage very easily. It's not working. Man, she's not the girl I used to date. I'm just, I'm just going to throw this away. The reason some divorces are taking place is because of a lack of commitment. And that drives me crazy. We have a commitment problem. 
And when I get the honor to marry a couple, I take them along a pre-counseling sessions before their wedding, and then standing there on their day of their wedding, I usually share what it means to love unconditionally, how to communicate, and allow Christ to become the third person in their marriage. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote, A threefold cord is not easily broken. Marriage takes a oneness that can only come from Christ. A cord consistent of a groom, a bride, and their God. With this combination, when difficult times come, because difficult times are going to come in our marriages, you can stand those difficult times because you have God. When the enemy of life comes in like a roaring lion, your cord will remain strong. Because marriage is such a sacred and holy relationship, it requires more than just two people through their own strength. God promises to be with you in your marriage. He promises to be the third cord, the, the third partner to help you measure up to the responsibilities of marriages. But you have to do something. Both of you have to be willing to allow him to play that role. And man, I just want to take a few seconds and I want to talk to you right now. Guys, it's time for us to step up. It's time for us to step up and lead in our marriages. The enemy is winning. He's winning homes right now. He's defeating marriages. And we're just standing back. We're called to be men of God. We're called to lead our home. We're called to love her like, the church, like Jesus loved the church. So guess what that means? Step up. Step up and be the man of God. Save your marriage. Make a priority in your marriage. Be bold in your marriage. Guys, I know this much. I'm married. I know what it took to date my wife. It was work. I mean, it was a lot of work. I had to bring her flowers. I had to take her out to dinner. I had to do all these things. She gained a lot when she got me, but... We're not going to go there, but that's a different thing. But we had to work hard with this. You guys had to work hard. You remember that day you got down on one knee and you asked her to marry you. You remember that day that you walked down the aisle and you walked out and you said, man, there's my wife. But guess what, guys? That work doesn't stop. You got to continue to win her heart. You got to sit and listen. You have to help with the kids. You got to help with dinner. You got to be the helpmate. Do whatever it takes. But most of all, you're called to be the head of the family. So that means it's your job to step up and fight the enemy. In order for that to happen, you must allow God to be that third partner in your home, in your friendship, and in your marriage. Marriage takes a oneness that can only come from Christ. Marriage takes three. Be bold in honoring God with your marriage. Being bold in your family means being bold in also raising your kids. One of the best things I get to do is be a dad to Caitlin, Zach, Lauren, and Brianne. And I love spending time with my kids. Our family's close. We like to be together. We like to take vacations together. 
We like to play games. We like to watch movies. We just like to have fun. And here recently, my son and our daughter-in-law, McKinley, moved back to Toledo. And our family was so happy to have them back because we knew once they're here, we're going to be able to spend more time with them. We're a close family. My kids are all adults now, and I'm super proud of the adults they have become, but even more proud how they walk in their faith. And when Mara and I became parents, we wanted our kids to be bold in their faith. And I want to say this to you. I'm not standing up here today and saying, hey, my kids are perfect. I'm not saying it. Along the way, my kids have made mistakes. Along the way, my kids got in trouble. Along the way, I had to pick them up and get them on their feet. Our kids made mistakes. Mar and I made mistakes along the way as well. We're definitely not the perfect parents, but we wanted to be bold in how we raised our kids to honor God. We dedicated each of our kids to the Lord, and during one of their dedications, this verse was shared, and it influenced how we were challenged to raise our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. This one, if you have your Bibles and you can circle or highlight it in whatever you have, this one right here, verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. The enemy, again, wants to destroy your relationship and he wants to destroy your kids. And we need to be bold parents teaching our kids to be bold. Our goal as parents when our kids were little is to teach them to follow Christ. It's not about being their best friend. That's cute. And hopefully that will come when they're adults. But when they're young, it's about teaching them to follow Christ. Stop worrying about being your kid's best friend. Teach them to follow Christ. Teach your children to fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Teach your children to obey you through biblical discipline. Protect your children from ungodly influences. Bring your children early in life to personal faith. When they're little, start talking to them about, man, what Jesus did on a cross for them. Let them understand that they can have that personal relationship with Jesus. Establish your children in a spiritual church where God's words proclaim. That means get your kids to church. Get them to kids' church. When they're youth and they're in their youth ages, get them to the youth group. Your role as a parent is still to get them to church. I know your kids get involved in things. My kids were involved in tons of things when high school, but we still made church a priority. Encourage your children to remain separated from the world. Teach your children that God loves them and has a purpose for their lives. Instruct your your children daily in God's word. Talk about God's word. Show them God's word. Teach your children how to pray. One of the cutest things is when kids are so, they're little and they want to pray to God. And it's so cool to watch them when they're little because they have this big faith and they just throw out these things to God. And it's awesome to watch that and teach that because you know this, when you start to learn that at this age, this little age right here, when they become adults, they still have that big faith and they know how to cry out to God. They know how to talk to God. So teach them how to pray. 
And then pray daily for your children that they may follow God and obey his word. See, there's a day when we'll all stand in front of our heavenly father and have to answer how we raised our kids. Be bold in raising your kids. Teach them to have a bold faith. And be ready for God to get a hold of the kids, of your kids, and use them. Maybe when you don't expect it. When uh, I remember uh, when my kids were little, in this house we used to live in, we had this long driveway, and the kids would kind of play in the driveway with the neighborhood kids right there. And I came home one day, and my kids were uh, in the driveway with the neighborhood kid. And recently, we just bought a new Bible for, for my son, Zach. I don't remember what it was for his birthday, whatever it was. But he, but he had this new Bible, and it was just for little guys. It was a cool one. I think it had something to do with sports and, and, and super, you know, like Bible man back at that time. It was just a really cool Bible. And so I can see them, you know, they're, they got the Bible, and they're kind of just going at it, and, you know, and you, you can see the smiles on their face, and it's cool to watch. And I'm like, and the dad in the car, like, oh, my goodness, my kids are changing the world. This is awesome. And so I get out of the, the car and walk up, and the neighborhood boys, they just take off running. And my kids come to me, and he's like, dad, dad, guess what? I'm like, what? And they're like, we were talking to them about God. And they didn't even have, they, don't, they didn't know nothing about God. So Zach ran inside and he got his Bible. And when he got his Bible, he started showing them things in the Bible. And, uh, you know, and then he decided that, you know what, they needed to have God's word. So he gave them the, the, his brand new Bible. And I'm standing in the driveway like, oh, yeah, Awesome job. But in the meantime, inside it was, it, was, it was starting to eat at me to the point I started saying, God, why did he give him his Bible? It's a brand new Bible. It was a cool Bible. Why would he do this? Why would he give him this Bible? And it was really starting to bother me. And I so clearly remember God saying, isn't this what you wanted? Isn't this what you want them to share about me? And don't you think every kid should have God's word in, uh, in their house? I'm like, oh my goodness, God, I'm so sorry I was even thinking that. If you want them to have a bold faith, be ready. Because I tell you this, it's so cool when you start to watch God start to use them. And as a parent, you get to sit back and be a part of that. So when your kid comes to you and says, Dad, Mom, I want to bring all 20 of my kids, all my friends in this class to church, you know what? That's a bold faith. Teach them to say, okay, you know what? We're going to figure out how we're going to get them all here. Teach them, allow them to be that way. Number three, be bold in your fellowship. Jesus teaches us to serve others. We're called to action and serve others as part of, a, of leading a Christian life. That's why it's so important to have a church where you can be all in. Peter talks about this in the early church in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 44. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Being part of a healthy church and going all in and being really connected is what enables you and equips you to have a successful, healthy relationship with Jesus. Church, I believe it's important you find that church and understand what they believe, understand their core values. And here at Calvary, we hope we're that church for you and your family. 
But I want us to be bold in our church in 2022. I want church to be a priority in 2022. Make church attendance a priority in 2022. Research shows that people who attend church report stronger social support networks, less depression. They lead healthier lives, even live longer. In a very real physical way, church is good for your health. Church is good for your health. So be here. Be bold in your church. In 2021, early 2021, my daughter Lauren came to me. It was probably about this time of the year. and says, hey, Dad, I want to do something fun this spring. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to go fishing. I'm like, ah, fishing, no problem. I grew up in Sandusky on the lake. Let's go fishing. And she's like, no, I want to go fishing in the Maumee River for walleye. I want to go do the spring run. I'm like, all right, that's cool. No problem. Let's do that. But since moving up here to Toledo, I had no more gear. I didn't have any of these things. So I went out, and Laura and I, we bought new poles. We bought all the stuff that we need to. We went to Maumee. Tackle down here. We got waders. We were all in. The problem was I knew nothing about the river or how to fish it. So I turned to my main resource, the place where I can get all my answers. I went to YouTube. So YouTube, you can Google it, and there's tons of people down the Maumee River fishing. Don't do it now. Wait till you get home. And so I went to YouTube. I learned several things there, but I decided I needed to go to the real experts. And so I started reaching out to people that I knew, you know, and a couple of the guys we have on staff here, Pastor Jay and Pastor Jordan, they, they are down there fishing all the time. One of my friends over here, he, he's down there. So I'm texting them, asking them questions and saying, okay, how are we going to do that? Pastor Jay and Pastor Jordan said, hey, let's go. Let's go down to the river. I'll take you down there. So they took us down there and they're showing me things, taking me underneath their wings. They were giving me pointers. They were teaching me everything they knew. And then they were there when I caught my first walleye. Oh, that was a moment. It was an exciting moment. But word started getting out that I was on the river. Lauren and I were on the river fishing. So people in the church here were texting us and saying, hey, that's so cool that you're out there fishing. Make sure you do this or you do this. Or, hey, you know, the water level's got to be this point or the temperature's got to be this. This is when you need to go. I'm learning all these cool things. But one person who attends the church here reached out and said, hey, PK, I want to take you and Lauren out fishing. And so meet me down here on this road. And at this time, we're going to go fishing. And I'm like, let's do it. See, I was pumped about this because this guy was the guy out there fishing all the time. There were stories of him catching his limit almost all the time. He was bringing in, he's known as the mommy walleye whisperer. So, <laughs> i like, we gotta be out there. And so he took us, we met him, and then he, we got to the point, and he said, okay, we're gonna, we got our gear on, he said, we're gonna get in the river right here. 
And I'm like, right here? And he's like, right there. And the rapids at this point were moving right here. And it was slippery. And he goes, I really feel like in that pocket right there, there are going to be tons of fish. And we're going to catch them. We're going to go out of here with fish. And he's like, so you're going to enter this river. It's going to be slippery. So what you got to do is you got you to shuffle your feet. You got you to be real slow. You got to shuffle your feet. And to be, it's all right, PK. I'm going to hold on to Lauren. And so, but if you fall, you're on your own. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, buddy. You know, you're on your own. And he, you know, said, I'm going to got it. And, you know, as we started to go out there and we got to the point where he wanted to be, you know, the rapids were hitting you. They were just crashing up against you, and you can feel yourself to move a little bit. And he's like, hey, you got to dig in a little bit, you know, and you'll be all right. And so they got all dug in where they need to be, but not me. It wasn't happening for me. Next thing you know, I felt like I was getting lifted up, and I'm starting to turn a little bit, and I'm turning, and I'm like, hey, hey, we got a problem here. We got a problem. And he's like, just dig in your boots. You're going to be all right. And I'm, I'm trying to dig this thing in. And next thing you know, I'm up. I'm moving. And I'm starting to go on the backside of him. And he's like, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. He also brought a buddy with him, and he was down a little bit further. He's like, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. He didn't reach out to grab me. He was holding on to Lauren. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Local pastor, I can see the news line now. Local pastor, fisherman men, gets wiped away. It's going to happen. So I start to move, and next thing you know, I hit this rock, and I was able to dig in and get there, and I gained my composure. I'm like, yes, we're good. He was laughing. Lauren was laughing too, you know, and, uh, and he said, hey, you got to remember this. You got by me, but the guy down here at the end, my friend, he wasn't going to let you go by. He would have caught you. You would have been all right. And when I think about what happened out there, I can't help but think life is like a river. It flows. At times, it's deep. Other times, it's shallow. Sometimes, it's dry. Other times there's rapids that are trying to pull you under. In order to survive the river of life, you need people who are willing to get in the river with you. People who are willing to help you cross the river. People who are willing to encourage you when the water is rising. People who are willing to stand there when you're getting pushed around by those rapids. People who are willing to yell out to you, dig in your, your boot, stand firm. People are willing to say, if you fall, I'm coming for you. I have you. When you get bold about your fellowship, in church, you'll find these kinds of people in a life group. See, life groups are where you get to do life with a group of people. That's a place where you can grow your faith. It's a place to make lifelong friends. And the life groups aren't just something new that's taking place around here. Life groups have been taking place since the early church. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2, verses 46 through 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being, <clears throat> being saved. When they weren't meeting in the temple courts, 
They were meeting in the homes. See, church, a life group becomes your family. A family that comes beside you and gives you the tools you need to help to become the person that God wants you to be. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You need people who will be bold with you. You find that in your fellowship. You find that in a Christ-centered church. Church, let's be bold this year and join a life group. Let's be bold and surround ourselves around people who are willing to get in the river of life with us and keep us up and keep us floating and keeping us being the person that God wants us to be. How do you join this life group? You just head out to our website. Scroll down. You'll see life groups. You sit there and you say, I can't find a life group. Don't let that be stop you. You find Pastor Chris, you call the church office and say, look, I want to be in a life group. I need a group. Or if you're sitting here today and you say, I need to lead a life group, we need people that can lead a life group too. So don't talk yourself out. We're going to be bold this year. Be bold and get into a group. See, I believe God wants to do something new in you this new year. He wants to see a new you. And he doesn't want any of us keep it. Keeping up, he doesn't want any of us just to keep getting stuck. But he wants us to live with boldness and purpose. Have you ever been to a playground where there's a teeter-totter? Teeter-totter's there. I can remember lots of stories. I can tell you stories and stories of on a teeter-totter as a kid. But it's fun to get on a teeter-totter. When you first get on a teeter-totter, what do you want to do? You want to balance it, Right? You want to sit there. You want to make just the right amount weight so your feet are just hitting the ground. You want to keep your feet on the ground. And after getting the balance, your next step is the fun part, the part of making the teeter-totter move. See, when the teeter-totter moves and you go up like this, you can see things a whole different level, can't you? You can see things in a new perspective, a new light. You can experience thrills because there's no enjoyment for either person if the board remains balanced. That balance is like life. To understand joy, we must experience the valleys. To cope with the valleys, we know there will be joy on the upside. So don't live life by trying to keep everything in balance. To truly experience a new you this year, Live a bold life. Be bold in the right things. Be bold in your faith. Be bold in your family. Be bold in your fellowship. Being bold is following God's path. Living out your faith and love. Standing up for it. No matter what hardships you face. And as I get ready to close today, I'm just gonna ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. You're, you're watching online, you can, you can do the same thing wherever you're sitting at. And my question for you is this, are you ready to be bold in the new year? Are you ready to be bold in your faith? Are you ready to be bold in your family? Be bold in your church? If that is you today and you just say, man, I wanna be bold in 2022. Just raise your hand. Just say, that's, that's where I wanna be this year. 
wanted, I want to be different. I want to be bold. I want God to use me. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can be bold because we can have a relationship with you. And God, you give us strength. God, you allow us to do that. And so God, I pray for that, that this would be the year that our faith, we're bold with our faith and that we grow in such a big and huge way for you, God. That God, that you, we become that light that you called us all to be for your kingdom. God, I pray for the people that want to be bold in their family right now. God, I pray for the marriages right now that's just hanging on by a string right now. God, I pray right now you heal that marriage, God. Come in and be that third person in somebody's marriage right now. Give them the strength they need, God. God, I pray for the parents and, you know, the grandparents who who are raising kids, God, in this difficult world right now. God, let us be bold in the way we raise our kids. God, let our kids be able to be bold so when they go out and they learn more about you, God, that they can bring people to you. God, let us be bold for you for our church, God. Be bold in getting in groups. God, let us grow together for you. And God, we look forward to 22, God, what you're going to do. So God, we just give you everything, God. Use us, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, thank you so much for allowing me to share with you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.